1: If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not so great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney, P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's a podcast?
2: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that smells like Orchid Explosion by Fournier. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly. Streaming live some weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons Get Perks! <laughs> Patrons Get Those Perks. Woo! I hear, I hear like laser guns. Lots, yep. lots of fun stuff. I'm your that's host. Star Wars. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and even when I'm a thousand miles away, I hope to see him coming around the corner. It's Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm very well. Uh, it's I you know I would I would love to be seeing friends in person uh, someday, but things just seem to continue to get worse nationwide. So we'll see how long this thing's la- this thing lasts. But maybe someday we'll be in the same room again, Andrew. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Yep. <laughs> I uh, I think last time you saw me, I was bald and, clean-shaven and I looked like Mr. clean shaven. I look like Mister Clean. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not anymore. I had a head of hair and a big beard. <laughs>
2: uh yeah. Have you taken the opportunity during the uh pandemic just to uh quit grooming your face? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I uh Yeah, it's I put away the trimmers and everything.
2: I've settled into a once a week shave. It feels about right, you know um <laughs> my uh my hair doesn't grow that fast, so about about after a week I'm just like uh eh, it's starting to look a little bit like a beard, so let's cut it off uh and that's just kind of how how it's gone for me um mm. i'm more i'm more fighting the battle of the pounds than the hair you know, mm. just like oh being cooped up and eating carbs and all that stuff.
1: I had to go get my uh license uh my new driver's license yeah because I am a huge procrastinator and I still had not gotten a new license with my updated address on it. Right. So I uh, went there and they're like, Can you please uh, verify all of this uh, information just to make sure everything's okay? They're like, Your name, yep. Uh, Your height, six foot. Uh, Weight, 170. I'm like, What? I weighed <laughs> 170 once? When was this? I'm like, I might need to update that.
2: <laughs> what? Let's uh let's let's go ahead and adjust that just a tad, just a tad,
1: just a tad, yeah.
2: Very nice.
1: Uh, I don't know, I don't know how many pennies I got in my pocket weigh me down, but let's just play a safe two hundred. <laughs> that's
2: right, that's right. Uh, so
1: I was looking up uh diets actually this morning, thinking about trying out that keto diet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nothing like that has ever really worked for me. The only thing that's ever really worked for me is just being aware of what I eat and like cat cataloging. Because what I do is if I'm not writing it down or putting it into an app uh, you know just kind of gauge the calories or whatever, I just don't yeah. think about it. I just you know i you know I'll just start eating chips or you know have a Andy's frozen custard or whatever, and I just won't think about mm. the calorie total and you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like with money, right like if you have a credit card and you don't ever think of the balance. You just swipe that thing as much as you want. You don't even think it's doing anything, but uh, you do pay the price eventually. So that's just kind of yeah. how I have to have to deal with it.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a. T- do you still run every day?
2: I'm on my bike now. Uh, I bike about ten miles oh, okay. uh, every morning.
1: Because no, on top of the pandemic, we have been in a heat wave. The likes I can't honestly remember. Yeah. In in the Ozarks, it's been at l- almost a hundred degrees. Every day for like a month mm-hmm. with barely, if not any, rain.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's so. been legit. Uh, I've been riding in the mornings uh, between seven and eight ish. And that's usually a really nice time because it's creeping up towards 80 about then. So it's still cool enough. And yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all.
1: <laughs> 80, it's not bad. At all. <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your, like, Perfect temp. I know we're really procrastinating getting to the show, but I'm
2: just <laughs> No, this is important.
1: We're going down a rabbit hole, yeah, and I can't stop. Very, so.
2: very, very important stuff. Uh, it depends on the time of day and the context. But if I'm outdoors and it is sunny uh, with not much wind, uh, I'm going to want it to be around 70 to 72. Um,
1: that's it. Yeah. 72, that's the perfect temp.
2: Um, and if there is a nice breeze and maybe it's a bit cloudy, then I'm going to prefer like 75, somewhere in that range. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, yeah, low seventies.
1: Yeah. This has been your weekly catch up (laughs) with Andrew and Aaron's (laughs) dream forecast.
2: We've got stuff to get to, man. Uh, we've got the buried treasure. We've got a best ever challenge, a huge best ever challenge. Maybe the the biggest, uh... (laughs) Like best ever challenge pool to pull from, uh, with uh, best yeah. ever SNL alum movies, uh, and then we, we're going to review just
1: a small, just a small yeah, just, little, just a small you know, little pool to gather group
2: Uh And that comes from uh, Palm Springs, which we will review uh, that Andy Samberg stars in, and we're also going to review uh, Greyhound. In fact, uh, let's just kick it off there. Let's uh, let's take okay. a look at Greyhound.
1: Congratulations on your first command at
0: last.
2: I'll always be looking
0: for you, Evie. Even if I'm a thousand miles away.
1: Air escort to Greyhound. You will now be out of range of air cover for the next
0: five days. How many crossings does this make? This was my first. I got some. Most likely you both. He's trying to slip under us! Fire!
2: U.S. Navy Commander Ernest Krauss is assigned to lead an alloyed convoy across the Atlantic during World War II. His convoy, however, is pursued by German U-boats. Although this is Krauss' first wartime mission, he finds himself embroiled in what would come to be known as the longest, largest, and most complex naval battle in history, the Battle of the Atlantic. I love that the uh, description of this movie makes it sound like this was a real event. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the reason it's the longest, largest, and most complex naval battle in history is because someone made it up. Uh, so, uh, but it is it is definitely a movie that that likes to revel in kind of the authenticity or to make you feel like this could have really happened, and it is based on a real thing during World War II. Um, where ships would have a portion of their time across the Atlantic, where they did not have air cover, and uh, yeah. so it's based on a fictional series of events that might happen in that very real uh, situation. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks, uh, also written by Tom Hanks. And uh, speaking of SNL alums, I guess he's kind of a, not technically one, but you know, as many times as he's hosted, he's hosted enough. Yeah, exactly. Um well what did you think, man? What did you think of this movie? Uh it's an Apple Plus Apple TV plus film. Um did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
1: I'm gonna go with really liked it. I think that not not quite not quite until loved it, but I really liked it.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm teetering into the low side of loved it. Um I I this is I think this is a really good movie. And yeah. it's it makes some choices that I think are um, not necessarily risky. I guess risky is probably the right word, but that maybe feels too extreme. Extreme, but it makes some some choices to uh, to present this movie in some some ways that I think really bring home what they were trying to do with this and make it a really powerful watch. What was what was your experience with watching this movie?
1: Yeah, um, I found it fascinating that the dialogue in this movie. Is nothing like I'd ever really seen in a uh, in a war movie at all. It's not uh it's not theatricized if that's even a word. Sure, you know it's there's the dialogue isn't uh, you know empowering or we can do this men I and the, you know there's no rise to the occasion speech. Everything that is said in this movie is dialogue that you would expect to authentically hear either on a warship or you know, it's all like uh, off the 30 degrees off the stern or uh, 40 degrees off the bow or uh, uh, you know it's everything is well I don't know what you would call it it's
2: well it's, it's very, very procedural you know it's
1: procedural that's the the entire dialogue for this movie is procedural
2: yeah yeah, and, and that, again, is all, I think, a an effort of the movie to find this really authentic uh, feel of what it would be like to be on a, a Navy battleship in World War II, uh, trying to... Because the Greyhound is the name of the ship that is basically like the protector ship of this envoy, right? Yeah. And uh, and it's 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 an interesting uh, place to be when you're kind of like the, like the guard dog of the cattle, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, and that's in that, I guess, metaphor works really well with the, the wolf theme of the U boats too, with the idea that, you know, the wolves are surrounding and it's like, how do you protect all of the cattle? What, you know, you, you have to kind of pick and choose where you're going to go and what you're going to do. and, It just, the dialogue and the proceduralness of it that you you speak of all lends to the authenticity of what's going on here. And you can tell that Hanks was very, very concerned with this feeling real. And I think that's why you don't get the big Hollywood type speeches or, you know, Hollywood uh, type moments. And also because this man, as portrayed, is also no nonsense. He's he's also not looking for the spotlight or looking to give the big halftime speech. Or he's just putting his nose down and doing his job, and yeah. that's what he expects from his crew too. And in that way, the the movie is very much almost a love love letter to middle America uh, work ethic in some ways. You know, like there's there's this real element of and religion plays into this uh, a lot as well. The movie takes, you know, great pains to show him praying before meals, praying at the beginning, praying at the end. Um, you know, so there's there's this kind of, uh, you know, middle America, hardworking man, just doing my job, not looking for glory, just this is what I was put here to do kind of aesthetic going on. And I just, I think it works really, really well.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about Tom Hanks sure. and the performance that he gives in this because it's, you know, it, it, it's it's. It's kind of cliche to say, "Wow, Tom Hanks gave a great performance" because you expect nothing less. But Tom Hanks gave a great performance. This is a really, really good uh, example of why he might be the greatest working actor. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Uh, some people would say, you know, Daniel Day Lewis, and I would say that Daniel Day Lewis is a better actor. But as far as a quality plus quantity compared to Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Hanks, right? Well, and also, you know? Daniel
2: Day-Lewis is no longer a working actor, apparently. So <laughs> oh,
1: that's true. Yeah, that's true. So there we go. Um, yeah, hope, fingers crossed, never say That's never. right. Never that's right. Never. Come back to us, um, Daniel.
2: Come back to us. <laughs>
1: uh, the way that Tom Hanks wears the, uh, the exhaustion on this character, mm-hmm. you know, because it plays out This movie plays out, I think it's over a three- or four-day period. I think it's a three-day period, right?
2: I I believe so. I believe it's like two and a half, three days, something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, the way he's just, you know, you could see physically that he's doing his job to the best of his ability, but whenever there's a second for him to, you know, catch his breath, he's just like, oh, I just want to fall asleep. And he's always about to, you know... You know, just close his eyes for even a split second while standing up, and then somebody be like, uh, uh, submarine off of the, uh, the port bow, you know, so, and you're just like, he just snaps right back into it, and you're like, oh, these mean Germans won't let my good friend Tom Hanks sleep. <laughs> they're evil. They're evil! But they're, uh, another thing I want to touch on. Unless you go you have anything to add to the Tom Hanks thing?
2: well, I, I think he's amazing, and um, yeah. I think this this was very evidently uh, a passion project for him, and so I, yeah. I know he wanted to give it his his all. so yeah, I think it comes through.
1: Now, this was not originally an Apple plus or was it?
2: It's a great question. I
1: thought it was supposed to be a theatrical I think release.
2: it was. I think it was supposed to come out uh, either around this time or maybe even in August. I can't. I can't remember. I thought we talked about it in our annual preview. So, um, I th- mm. I think it was supposed to come out in theaters and uh, Apple TV Plus uh, purchased the right to uh, stream it. So, and I, I think I think Hanks was pretty bummed about that. I think he's even spoken uh, publicly that. He wishes people would see it in theaters, and and I get it. You know, I I watched it on uh, my new setup, which I am more and more thankful for as this pandemic goes on. Um, oh yeah, you know, like I picked the perfect time to build a home theater. <laughs> like uh, So, but I watched it on on that, and it's glorious. Like it's really well done, and I know a lot of people are going to be watching this on phones and tablets, and I'm sure that's that's kind of a bummer when there's such an expansive thing going on visually and sound for that matter. The sound in this is incredible too. I don't know that I've ever seen, uh, in heard, uh, the ocean quite feel like this feel is, you know, treacherous and real. And, um, it's just, it's really, really done well.
1: You can, I, I know it's going to sound stupid, but you can hear the cold in this mm-hmm, movie. Sure. Yeah. Like the ice that's forming on the ship, you know, the, uh, the way that uh, whenever people like walk inside the uh, the main deck, it, it, as opposed to when they're walking on like the outside, and you can hear the ice crunch underneath their feet and stuff like that, it just this movie makes you feel every single thing that all of these uh, uh, these actors uh, are feeling. Yeah, I, I'll say this. <clears throat> Besides uh, Tom Hanks, I think the only performance. From the, the deck that is of any note is Stephen Graham, who is uh, uh, the first mate, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. But there was also, uh, I'm trying to find out wh- who he is, he played the uh, the radar uh, tech who was listening.
2: Oh yeah, he's been in stuff before, I don't know his name, but this, the sonar guy, yeah. yeah. He, he he was good. I, I will say the the other thing about the Hanks performance is it, it really is the only you know I mean, like you said there are other performances, but this movie is very much about his perspective and the movie goes to gr- yeah. great pains to keep us in Tom Hank's perspective. Um, we there are never shots from inside other ships, airplanes, any we are on the Greyhound the entire time. We float above mm-hmm. the Greyhound to see a perspective of the battle and what's going on. Um, but we, we never really leave Hanks's perspective. and even the things that he's not in the shot for, like the sonar or whatever, are things that he's becoming aware of. So they're people talking to him or you know relaying information to him. So it, it really is a, a, a pretty amazing, singular performance that could, you know carries the entire movie.
1: Uh, what do you think of the the visuals? We kind of hinted at it uh, uh, as far as like the you know the the ship battles and stuff like that. Was it? I, I got to watch it like uh, you said you had your home theater. I got to watch it on my 4K big old TV. Uh, I thought that they were impressive, not only because there were good night battles because you know you can hide bad CGI in night, you know, but they also had some really good daytime shots of like, wow, this is just a really good-looking movie.
2: I totally agree. No, it's, it's really well done. And, and not, just, not just the visual aesthetic, which was very much about, again, the treachery of the ocean, the, uh, the relentlessness of that experience, even the visuals are bringing that home, but it was also really well shot in that it really conveyed the information you needed when you needed it. So the there is a lot of technical jargon for authenticity's sake that I'm not necessarily going to understand. I haven't, you know, trained for that lexicon of naval battle, right? I can con-
1: But you still can understand somehow. Well,
2: and I think it's, <laughs> it's because they it's they use the visuals to give you the context for what's being said. And yeah. so so I think the movie does a great job at that. There's um you know, a, a moment of, you know, playing Dodge Torpedo that is uh, shot really, really nicely to give you the perspective and the geography of what what's going on. And um, this movie did that really well. It also showed me a lot of things I've never seen before uh, in these kind of naval situations. Uh, you know, different ways that the artillery was used, different ways to avoid the artillery, different things that... You know, happen with the artillery that I'd never thought about um, without, you know, spoiling any of them. But it's, it, it definitely has those moments where you're just like, oh, this movie is, is doing things I've never seen before.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have any cons? I do.
2: I do. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, Aaron will take the con uh, right now. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, uh, and by the way, saying that reminds me of Star Trek and reminds me that all of the terminology or a lot of the terminology in Star Trek was based on naval terminology. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was just an interesting... As I was watching this, I I, I thought of Star Trek a few times. Uh, but no, it's, as far as the main con for me, and really almost the only one, but it's a fairly decent size... Um, Man, the the caricature of the the German broadcasts and the German U boats was a little mustache twirly, a little over the top. It was, you know, I I don't know. Yeah. There was there was something about those broadcasts that they intercepted that almost felt like almost parody. It was so over the top. Um, yeah. So
1: I, I I know what they were trying to yeah. do. You know, like a. Uh, I was about to say a uh, Hanoi Hannah, but it's, it's a different war. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hitler Hannah. This is what this <laughs> sure. is. Sure. Hanoi Hitler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a caricature of, you know, I'm an evil German. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to get you. Ha <laughs> ha.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really. Genuinely. And it's like, yeah, I think if there's one thing you don't need to emphasize to an audience, it's that the Nazis were bad. Like, we, we kind of get that. You know, like, I mean, yeah. you can have a little bit of that. Um, and, and what's interesting is the movie also, one thing I loved about the movie is that this character is very careful with his crew not to demonize the enemy. Um, and there are moments oh, yeah. in, in this where they're celebrating, you know, the destruction of the enemy and without judging them, without p- putting a damper on their joy, he will say things like, you know, something about, the, you know, the souls, that were on that ship yeah, or it, something. You it know? was,
1: uh, it was a crewman said, "Yeah, that's fifty less Nazis." And then he goes, "Yeah, or fifty less souls." Mm-hmm. Right, and it's and and it's it not hit, judgmental. And it hits.
2: It's not it's not meant to to put that person down or to make them feel bad, but it is just restating his own ethic and in a way that that understands human life. You know, uh, is human life even when it's the enemy. And uh, yeah. and so I, I appreciated that, but then on the other side of that, you still have these German broadcasts where it's like so inhuman, and I don't know. It was it was just it was a little much, and that was really my only negative.
1: Yeah, um, I, I have one negative, and it's something we touched on earlier that I was actually giving as a positive: how procedural this movie is, and how anti-theatric it is. It kind of makes the conclusion of this movie anticlimactic, Mm, because, for me anyway, um, for me, like, uh, whenever, you know, I I don't think it's a spoiler, I think the movie is pretty straightforward, there's no, like, craziness going on or anything like that, but whenever the whole thing is said and done, I I was kind of left with a, uh, oh, that's it. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it now. So yeah,
2: um, I didn't. Okay, I didn't necessarily feel that. Uh,
1: I I'm trying to tiptoe because you know it, it it is a newer movie and people are gonna watch it. Sure. But just in case, I don't want to say anything just to give it away. But I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess felt that, it. That's I,
2: uh, did with, you? Yeah, I did. I I felt the build up to it. I I felt the impact of it. Um, I. I think the movie is as we've mentioned trying to be more of a, you know, keep your nose down, just do your job kind of aesthetic. And so I think you know yeah. there's there's certainly that feel to it, but I still felt the the relief of that moment and and what was mm. happening um there. So so yeah, I I think I don't know that I fully uh, agree, but I understand what you're saying. What I thought you were going to say about the technical jargon was That it does sometimes uh, feel like you're like somebody's reading a manual to you, you know. Like there's, there are times in this movie where, um, and again, I think the movie communicates what it wants to communicate just fine. But there are parts in this movie where I'm just like, you you might as well be speaking a different language. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I can see how that might be confusing. To some, or off-putting. I the, the whole aesthetic of this movie might be off-putting to some people. It may just not be your kind of movie. That's very possible. Yeah. Um,
1: some people could go into this expecting something like Hunt for Red October, which I right. just re- recently watched. You know, where you have Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin giving those those speeches. Mm-hmm. You know, those uh, right. Ca- I don't. I almost said capitalistic, but that's the exact opposite <laughs> of what. Uh, but the. It, uh, you know, the, the grandiose. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, I am the wisest, everybody listen to me. And that is definitely not the dialogue you're going to get in this movie. This movie is very set in its ways of saying, this is procedural. Yeah. If we say, you know, 30 degrees off starboard, and then as soon as somebody says that, you see Tom Hanks's head just whip, and he looks straight over that way, and mm-hmm. then he picks up those binoculars. It's a lot of uh degrees off port and starboard and Tom Hanks's head whipping left and right to look <laughs> through his binoculars that's a good portion of this movie
2: <laughs> the only thing we haven't talked about that i wanted to mention and is one of the reasons i i like this movie as well is there are moral dilemmas in this movie that don't have easy answers and i oh, I, yes. I love it when movies do that and there's there's one specifically but there there are others as well but there's one big one that the movie really the situation in the movie goes to great pains to say was it the right decision wasn't it the right decision um, because of the consequences of that decision there are other consequences but are we sure that those consequences would have been different if you know so the movie is is very specifically leaving it gray uh, greyhound uh, if you will so um, <laughs> yeah this movie puts the gray in greyhound and I I liked that I I enjoy a movie that's willing to say moral decisions are not always cut and dry and easy to know what you should do. And sometimes when you're the person in charge, you just have to make a call. And so it's, I I really liked that.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a recommend for me. Yeah, definitely a recommend.
2: That's a huge recommend for me. Like I said, you, it it, it may miss, it may not be the type of movie for some people. Uh, definitely was the type of movie for me and it would be a big recommend. Um, you ready to move on? All right, let's talk about Palm Springs.
1: It's gonna be a beautiful wedding.
0: Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone.
2: I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah.
0: Niles. Hi. Hi. Hi.
2: When carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated when they find themselves unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. Uh, this uh, recently made news by being the uh, the the most expensive movie ever purchased from. Uh, what, what, I forget the film festival, but it you know it was
1: a Cannes or was it... it or I was it, uh,
2: I can't remember.
1: That's, sundance
2: yeah i was gonna say kansas and i thought wait was it sundance maybe it was something else i don't know anyhow uh they spent a lot of money for this and uh you can uh check it out um netflix right no it's hulu hulu, hulu got it that's right hulu got it so you can check it out on hulu uh it's andy samberg and christine Milatti. Uh, and uh i will say before we get into this at all I think we're going to approach spoilers for this in a, a way that does spoil the foundation of the movie. I don't. It's. It, we, oh, we are. It, well, it would be hard to talk about this for any length of time at all without that factor. I think, and so I just yeah. want you to know. My encouragement to you is to watch the movie before even listening to our quote-unquote non-spoiler part, uh, I think you'll be better off for it. I went into it completely yeah. not knowing, and I feel like I enjoyed it um, more for that reason. Me too. Um,
1: I was, that was going to be my first thing is, I, I went into this movie, uh, I, wasn't, I hadn't even heard of it until you said, hey, let's watch this Palm Springs, and then I saw it was on Hulu, I'd never heard of it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just push play. Not knowing a thing about it, I think that added to... What I felt about this movie. Yeah, so I guess I and that's kind of getting into it, spoilerish. Yeah, <laughs> of my feelings of
2: it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, I I would say if you haven't seen it, go ahead and skip this section until you have. Um, and let's let's just do this uh, this one time, uh, Andrew. We will do a a just a a little a little non spoiler section at the beginning, including that element and then in the episode itself we'll go ahead and do the spoiler section. Uh, just so that we can talk about more within the episode of Sif Pop itself. Does that does it make sense what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah,
1: we'll do a spoiler or spoiler free, but then right after within the same episode podcast yes. we're going to be doing the spoiler.
2: And, and again the reason is I don't know that we'll have a ton to say spoiler free before we get into the spoilers and so in this exactly. in this one case uh, I think you know because honestly, once you spoil that, you can kind of spoil the other things too. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that would be so here for just a second, and I'll give you a final warning when we're we're going into more spoilers. Uh, we'll talk non spoilery about it, but this doesn't have to be a spoiler. Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
1: Man, I. Beyond love this movie. Oh nice. That's great. I loved this movie. High side of loved so it. So much.
2: High side of loved it. That's high great. High side of loved it. That's great.
1: Yeah, it's my new number 1 for the year.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh I had a great time with it too. I am in the, uh firmly in the loved it. Pro- it. Sounds like not quite as high as you. Um but I I really had a good time with this movie and uh man, I just movies are good, man. <laughs> like I'm just Movies I'm, are good. I'm so happy. Uh, they're just this the pandemic has been interesting in so many ways. Um, but it's interesting to experience a movie year where the big, like, billboard stuff is just not coming out, but the smaller yeah. stuff still is, quote unquote, smaller. And I think it's a nice recognition that that stuff every year is some of the best stuff, but this year it's kind of coming to the surface because of the fact that there's not the distracting you know movies that all the eyeballs are on does that make sense yeah yeah i just i'm i'm really i'm really enjoying this parade of i mean you know you look at the the old guard and greyhound and now palm springs and i'm just like man movies are good i'm loving loving movies it's it's a lot of fun um so yeah i'm i'm firmly in in loved it i think this is a a great movie i think andy samberg Uh, is doing uh, work here that I knew he probably had in him, but I think this is the Mm -hmm. most we've seen it come out of him, um, where he's doing real, genuine, uh, you know, uh, emotional work. Uh, Kristen Malati is great. Killing it in this movie. I love her so much. Uh, Yeah. Did you ever get around to watching um, Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus?
1: No, I have it in my queue. Okay, uh,
2: so... Is it good? It's great. It, I mean, it's a lot of fun, and uh, there is one episode that is great, like one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen, and it's a bottle episode Ooh. with characters that aren't even in the rest of the season at all. It's like a bottle episode prequel of sorts, and it just has its own theme. It's like a short film in the middle of the season, and Christine Melati is in it and um the guy from new girl um jake johnson uh jake johnson oh. and, and uh, christy Milati star in just like this little short film it's like this i don't remember what it's like fourth fifth or sixth episode, somewhere right there in the middle of the season and that's where i fell in love with with christy Milati. Uh, i think she's great and uh, she's wonderful here as well
1: yeah uh we also have as a kind of recurring character in the film we got jk simmons yep. who is just always a treat to see mm-hmm. cuz he always just brings intensity to every role he has yeah um uh yeah i think it's time we talk about what the movie's really about
2: <laughs> we've run out of non-spoilery things to say yeah
1: i mean besides great soundtrack oh it's a great soundtrack uh, yeah I'm trying to think of a way to say this that is still non spoilerish The movie makes you... Th- no, I can't. All right,
2: all right. Here's, <laughs> here, here's a list of non-spoilery things I can say. Uh, great soundtrack, okay. which you mentioned. Great performances, which we kind of talked about. Uh, great theme. This movie is uh, a beautiful um, kind of exploration of marriage. In some ways I wasn't expecting, the idea of marriage, the idea of commitment, uh, that stuff is in the movie explicitly and implicitly and metaphorically, and that's some smart movie making right there, and that's the other thing I would say is it's very clever. This movie is very smart, very clever, and does some things you may have seen before, but in ways you've never seen it before, and um, I think that's about about all I can say before we kind of get into... Yeah. The spoilery section.
1: I I guess you could also say this movie is not afraid to leave you with unanswered questions. Sure. Because yeah. and there's a lot of things that this movie is okay with uh, saying. Hey, uh, whatever you want to uh, fill in. If you had a certain question about this, yeah, whatever uh, answer you come up with is perfectly fine. We we don't have to spoon feed you everything. Right. Having said that, though, I could throw out one con, and it's my only con, <laughs> uh, before we even get into uh, the spoilers, and that is, uh, I think that this movie could have ended five minutes earlier.
2: Hmm. Okay. You'll have to explain that to me. Um, yeah. With uh, with spoilery conversation, I think, because uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. So yeah. we'll, we'll get the, into that. The
1: movie, it cuts, it, there's a part where it cuts to black, like after they go somewhere. And I'm like, oh, please, credits, please, credits, please, credits. Leave it open ended. And then uh, it doesn't. Oh, okay. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, oh, I would have preferred to just have it stop right there. But that's just personal preference, I guess. Sure, sure. Okay.
2: All right, this is it. Your last chance to turn back. We are going to spoil the movie now. Um, And again, foundationally, this is one of those movies that in order to really talk about it, you kind of have to spoil what's going on. So here we go. We're going to get into it. I'm warning you, at this point, actual spoilers within the episode itself. And uh, They all die. (laughs) Well... Maybe, yeah. um, so here's here is the foundational spoiler. The foundational spoiler is that this is a time loop movie, and yeah. this is Groundhog's Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day. This this has be- become a genre at this point, and it's yeah. if I I don't know that I would have ever seen that coming, but I guess when I think about it, it makes sense because you can explore so much with this idea, and and it's such a it's. It's such a human desire for a second chance like a real second chance kind of thing and then to really explore what that might mean is it's just it's just really ripe for themes and metaphors and, and different ideas uh, and so yeah. it is a time loop movie we you know we find out that that Niles is in a time loop at this wedding. Uh, it is a different kind of time, lo- time loop in that it is still some, I mean, it's somewhat of a mystery, except that it's actually based on physical things in the world. It's a, you know, there's a cave that apparently yeah. opens up due to an earthquake that brings you into this time loop. Um, and so in the movie talks, you know, is, is very much about uh, that there's a science to it, but um, so, and it's something that others can join you in, and they wake up on you know th- that same day uh when they go in so so yeah, so that's the foundational spoiler of what's going on and andrew what so if you want to talk about the um the end that you were talking about, I guess we can do that now, and then just kind of go through um other things that we wanted to say with the movie
1: um yeah, I would say that at the end of the movie. Both Kristen and Andy, you know, they, they think they figured out how to get out of the loop, you know. And then they walk in, and then it just cuts to black for a bit. That's when I wanted, wanted the movie to end. I wanted it to be a open-ended, let's have uh, whatever ending you wanted. That can be the ending, in your head, that can be the ending. But then it shows them in the pool, you know, on the pizza tubes... Mm -hmm. and uh, the family comes back, and then he jokes about having to go pick up his dog and stuff like that, and I'm like, okay, so you forgot what your job was, you forgot everything about yourself, but you remembered you had a dog that you left with your friends, (laughs) and you remember his, you know, like uh, because the movie is very, very ambiguous as to how long Niles has been stuck in this loop.
2: Yeah, it's been a while for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think it's supposed to, you know, if you're going off Groundhog Day, you know, kind of, because it's what this movie does, uh, I think what Bill Murray was stuck in there for 10,000 years in the loop, something like that. Something like that, yeah. I think I think that that's kind of what we're supposed to feel with Niles here, is that it's been hundreds, in th- if not thousands of years, he's been reliving this day. Um, but then, you know... That's uh, what the movie decided to do. And I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I want to make this clear. I don't hate it. It's just that I'm like, oh, man, I would have really preferred to have leave, left it open-ended. Well, but, it's, uh, I
2: mean, it's obvious you you don't hate it because you've already said how much you love this movie. So it's obviously it didn't impact you oh, too much.
1: Oh, gosh. I really do. I, like, I love it because uh, it's a movie that I could see uh, initially when I when it first started and I found out what was going on. I'm like... Oh, it's Groundhog's Day. Okay. But then there I'm I'm gonna get some flack for this. I think this movie does a lot of things better than what Groundhog's Day did. and uh, it, yes, it's a time loop movie, but with Groundhog's Day, it was just Bill Murray, you know? It was just Bill Murray getting to relive this day. And it's the same thing with the movie like Happy Death Day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just her getting to relive that day. In this one you have multiple people. Getting to relive the same day, right? And that in itself raises so many more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's just because whenever I got I got to stop calling her Kristen's character. What what is her actual character's name? It's, Sarah. Uh, Sarah. Okay. So whenever Sarah and Ray, you know, enter the picture, it's it's totally changing everything about. Niles's world. I get initially Ray, which by the way, the that day where he where it flashes back and he first meets Ray, and he just walks up to the the uh, best man and just starts going through his suit coat, just looking for the <laughs> cocaine. Is so great, and then J.K. Simmons just gives him a thumbs up, and then they just leave. <laughs> I love that so much, but I could definitely in that. That is now a driving force for Ray's character, or Roy I keep saying Ray, it's Roy Roy's character uh and then Sarah gets stuck in the loop too, so this whole time who however many thousands of years or whatever time line it is that Niles has been living by himself mm-hmm. he doesn't immediately start with a friend getting stuck in there. He's, he starts off with somebody who hates him getting stuck in this loop. Yeah. And then accidentally Sarah, uh, you know, gets stuck in this loop, too. So, yes, it is a Groundhog's Day movie, but there's so much more going on because it's not just one person. There's many, many people he gets to share. He, he, he'd been living so mundane for so long, but now he has somebody that he can, you know, spend all his time with. Metaphors aplenty plenty in this movie. I'll oh, yeah. say that. But uh and you're the the thematic metaphorical guru so I'll let you jump in here.
2: <laughs> well, I I mentioned that this movie is uh, ostensibly or not ostensibly but uh, metaphorically about marriage and there is a real exploration uh, by these characters about what commitment is Is it valuable? Is there anything, you know, is marriage worth anything? What does it mean? Um, So there are both these actual literal conversations they're having because this day is a wedding day for somebody and also because they're dealing with their own relationship. Uh, And also the idea of um, marriage as a time loop, as spending so long with somebody, the idea of commitment for an entire life. Uh, that you know it feels like a time loop or it feels like you're doing the same things or you can't get out of a rut. I mean, how many times do you hear that about a marriage or why it broke up or, or why it split is you know because it just it was uh, it got dull or boring or felt like a rut kind of thing. And uh, the movie does that very, very well. and I, it, it may be my favorite thing about the movie, which shouldn't surprise anybody because that's the kind of stuff that I love. Um, but it's it 's definitely intentional and really smart, and the other really smart thing this movie does is with the two characters, it allows us to have a shorthand for exposition of this world and what 's going on. So because now you have an experiencer and a learner, um, it allows us to learn about this world with the the learner and and that that really changes a lot about what can happen in a situation like this where there's so much uh, there's so many rules to figure out there's, there's at one point where he, he says, you know, we can skip this whole, you know, suicide run or wh- whatever he says where, you know, it's, it's obvious that he went through his own, like trying to figure out how to get out of it by dying yeah. kind of thing. And he's like, you know, we don't have to do this. <laughs> and it's like, and that's kind of the, the, the feel for a lot of this stuff is, you know, we're, we're learning uh, as she's learning, kind of how this works. And um yeah, yeah I, I I found it I found it really amazing. And another big reveal in the movie, since we're going full spoiler here, um, is that she is waking up every morning to one of the worst choices she's ever made. And yeah. and oh. and that it reveal is so painful and adds so much to her performance and what we've seen from her and our understanding of what's going on. Um so yeah. So it also gives her the added motivation to actually try to solve this thing and become a nuclear, you know, physicist or whatever, um, whatever she goes into. Quantum um, physics. Yeah. Quant- a quantum physicist. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I just I think the movie's really smart in all of that stuff. And we, here's, here's the amazing thing we're talking about a comedy, and we've yet to talk about how funny this movie is. And it is funny funny yeah it is really funny and I think that may be one of the biggest signs of how great this movie is is that as funny as it is because it's hard to do a great comedy it's hard to do a comedy that you're laughing this much all the way through as well as this movie does that it's not the thing we're most excited to talk about I think that says something
1: yeah uh yeah Uh, I think I posted on uh Facebook whenever I did like a little paragraph review for this movie I'm like and at the end, I was like listing everything about this movie that I loved. And at the very end, I said, oh, yeah, it's also funny.
2: <laughs> right? And it is. It's yeah. really funny. Uh, it's it's some real, real laughs in this thing. So, yeah.
1: And they're not all Andy Samberg laughs. I mean, Kristen Milioti is hilarious. Even J.K. Simmons, who is a comedic actor. I think people forget that J.K. Simmons has some comedy chops. I think Whiplash has just scared people of that man, you Mm -hmm. know? But, uh, no, he's a really funny, funny guy. Um, Yeah, uh, I have some questions for you, and this is going to, for people who, if people are still listening to this, who um, just are listening even though they haven't seen the movie, this is going to sound like a really weird question, but I'm going for it. Here we go. Is June Squibb God...
2: (laughs) All right, so the movie seems to wink that there's possibly something going on with that character. Um, I yeah. think that is left pretty much up to us. I don't think the movie indicates yeah. one way or another that there's anything going on there. She may just be a lovely old woman who is, you know who just says things that are a little weird and random. that's That's fine. Um, so June Squibb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However. Uh, if you want to believe she's God, uh, that certainly in the context of the movie could make sense, um, based on, in yeah. there's, you know, the primary line you're probably thinking of is, uh, this is the time I forget exactly what the line is, but it seems to indicate I guess she'll be leaving. Yeah. Now, I, guess, or
1: I guess she'll be leaving soon.
2: I guess she'll be leaving soon, which on the face of it, anybody could say that, you know, Yeah. but it just happens to be on the day that they're actually trying to leave. So, um, yeah. And it doesn't make sense. I've heard uh, some say that she is another uh, uh, time looper that maybe she went through before he did. That doesn't make any sense. Unless unless she's experiencing something completely different, um, that that wouldn't... I mean, I guess uh, it kind of boggles the mind, but she would be repeating the same day that they are. Yeah. So how would she how would she know a difference between those days or what day that you know what I mean? So it, her as a yeah. as a fellow time looper doesn't make sense to me. Now as God yeah. as some sort of, you know, uh omniscient uh overarching being, then yes, that that can make a little more sense. But I think it's just a fun little wink and you're allowed to, you know, think whatever you want to think.
1: Yeah, it's about as uh out there or you know, Left to the interpretation of the audience, as the dinosaurs, you know, they're not really, yeah, ever mentioned again. They're just, yeah. There's so many moments in this movie where it's like, what is going on? I have no idea, but I'm totally okay with it. Yes, you know, yeah. There be it could be a sign, it could be the drugs, it could be so many things. But
2: yeah, they throw some things in, you know, almost purposefully, I think. So that that you, we people don't try to out Reddit each other, you know, like the like the idea of trying to solve it, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And I think they throw those things in just to say, look, there's there's plenty of mystery here. You know, there is no unifying theory of what's going on here. That's that's not the point. Um, yeah. So, but the movie again does make great pains to make it a scientific thing. You know, it is solved in a scientific way. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not something metaphysical going on as well, um, or spiritual even. And that's, you know, to me, that's a beautiful thought is that just because something is scientific doesn't eliminate it from being spiritual. And just because something is spiritual doesn't eliminate it from being scientific. Um, you know, I like that idea, but I don't know that the movie is specifically trying to dive into that water. I just, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's there on the surface.
1: Yeah. <coughs> another th- uh, theme that I found fascinating in this movie uh, is living with regret and living without consequence or living with consequence I should mm-hmm. say yeah because we kind of talked about Sarah you know waking up every day with regret and I think that's kind of like a even if she wasn't in that time loop she would still be waking up every day in that room mm-hmm. in her head you know
2: yeah. Because of what she yes. did. Yeah. Um, no, that's it's definitely there. That's part of the metaphor, the idea that we live with our mistakes and we do relive them and re- replay them, and especially our biggest mistakes. And yeah, no, I, that's definitely right there.
1: Yeah. And then you have uh, Niles' character who's living a life without consequence. And then he is faced with, we have a way to get out of this loop. And it's he's been stuck in there so long it's kind of. It, this may sound stupid, and I apologize. It, it's kind of like a, a prison mentality, you know, like you you you're uh, uh, what is that called where you institutionalized? Mm-hmm. I yeah. know that sounds weird, but it's it's kind of like that where you you're you're so used to this new uh way of living, you know, living the same day over and over, uh, without consequence. If you die, you could do whatever you want. If you die, you just start the day over. And now he's faced with the opportunity to leave and to live a new life and experience new things, but with that consequence is now the shadow that will follow him. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to see, like him talk about whenever he's first, you know, giving the uh, the how you know everything works speech with Sarah, and he's talking about how. Oh yeah, you can do this. You can do this. You can't do this. I've been tr- I've been trying to get out forever and ever. You know, I've done, s- I've tried to kill myself so many ways just to try and you know get out of this loop. But then he's given the opportunity at the end of this movie. I know how. To, or I think I know how to get out. And now he's scared. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know if he wants to get out. And because for so long he'd been alone, mm-hmm. but now he has somebody. He has something that he finds worth living for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going into your um, marriage metaphor. Mm-hmm. But he's going through that, but now he's scared. He's scared of a new life with sure. someone that is filled with consequences. Yep. Because when you're when you're I don't want to say when you're dating there's no consequences because it's not true at all. But the commitment of marriage is something way more... Consequential. ...powerful. Yeah. Yeah, consequential.
2: Oh, oh. I love this movie. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's really so. great. Uh, basically, what I heard you just say is uh, this is basically the Shawshank Redemption uh, is, yeah. uh, is basically what <laughs> what you were saying. Um,
1: My friend Andy Sandberg.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there's there's a, a lot more possibly to be said. Uh, it's a high recommend. Um, uh, and, I yeah, I just... I. I think it's one that you're going to enjoy on multiple levels. Um, the least of which is it's really, really funny. So there's yeah, there's some great multiple stuff. Multiple viewings too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it twice. Well, I should say that.
2: Um, the uh, you know one thing we haven't mentioned is how great they are together too. We've talked about them separately, but they they really do have oh, a great yeah. chemistry in this movie. So
1: yeah, you definitely buy into the fact that yeah you want you want these two to end up together because. Psst. They're both damaged in their own ways. I think, I don't know what you could say, because w- we never really get to see Andy, or Niles, I should say. We never get to see Niles' character in what he was like before. Right. He was stuck in the loop. All we see is the uh, the the walking dead drunk, you know? Mm -hmm. That's all we ever see of him, so we don't know what he was like before. Whereas Sarah, we kind of get a glimpse into the type of person she was because we see her several times living the day as somebody outside of the loop would. So it's interesting in that way. I forget the point I was trying to make.
2: (laughs) No, no, I, I I totally get it. Uh,
1: Maybe I'll just start restart the loop and I'll, I'll find out what I was right, thinking. That's right.
2: That's uh, right. I will. Uh, I'm not going to spend much time at all uh, interrogating the um, the possible um, uh, time loop paradoxes that might be here. Uh, there. The only thing I will say is that the movie does not wrestle with, and I don't know that it has to. It does not wrestle with uh, very much at all. The actual consequences of those time loop days, and the reason I say that is, you know, we see uh, J.K. Simmons' character meet with a uh, a an ignorant Andy Samberg character at that wedding. Oh yeah,
1: at the end, in the mid credit scene. Yeah, you know, in the mid
2: credit scene, as a way to say, oh, now he knows he actually got out. But as you start processing what that means, is that 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 each of those people at that wedding, and each of the people that they interact with on any loop day have their own timeline and you know there is there is a uh, a consequence to actions that they took in this movie where other people die where you're like yeah that's still kind of (laughs) murder you know what i mean because it's in it's still in that timeline so the movie doesn't really wrestle with that i don't know that it has to i I know for sure it doesn't want to uh it's doing other things but i i thought i'd throw it out there at least yeah
1: I thought, honestly, I thought about that for a while. And the way I think about it is uh, there are two worlds or two universes. Uh, there's the world of the loop, you know, where people live and live, live. And then there's the world that you and I live in where we get to wake up. So uh, whenever Niles and Sarah leave, they are not in the loop world anymore and are therefore replaced by... uh. Just a random, uh, the loop a a new Niles that are a new like non wakers, I guess you could call them, and that's the one that J.K. Simmons is meeting now. Is the one who just like, yep, this is the first time that Niles is living that day. Hmm. This version of Niles, like if that makes sense.
2: So basically, you're saying the repeating day is its own separate world, and that every human in that world, which is all of the humans. Uh, are yeah. actually all in the loop, but that the cave just brings them awareness uh, to that loop or is like a transport to the loop world yes. inside there to be in the mental space of their doppelganger. Uh, that's in, exactly it. Yeah. No, that's, I like that. I like that a lot. That that solves a lot, actually. So I'm glad I brought it up because yeah. it's, that's an interesting way to think about it. The idea that it's just a secondary uh, universe that is, that is just skipping, you know, it's just a skipping record. Yeah kind of thing yeah
1: everybody but- everybody gets their mind erased on that day and then they start fresh but those who enter the cave their mind is never reset
2: yeah yeah interesting very nice uh again i recommend i think from both of us uh, on hulu palm oh, yeah. springs check yeah. it out
1: like i said it's my number one for the year so
2: very nice uh best ever challenge time. Um oh yes. Before we get into it, uh just a thank you to our Sifpop members. Um we really appreciate your support of Sifpop. It goes a long way to keeping the website running, keeping the podcast running. Um we really appreciate it. And we do a weekly members-only podcast and we honored uh the lives of a couple uh who have recently passed uh Grant Imahara and uh, Carl Reiner. We talked a little bit about their impact on us personally and the world of entertainment uh, during our member pre-show. If you want to hear that, uh, feel free to become a member at Patreon. Patreon.com/siftpop. Uh, just go there. It's like three bucks a month is where it starts, and you can take a look at all the the different benefits and kind of thank yous uh, that we give our members. So Patreon.com/siftpop. And thank you so much for your support. All right, we're going to do best ever movies uh, starring Saturday Night Live alumni. Now, one uh, of the rules that I put out there was that these needed to be movies where the alumni was at the you know was a star of the movie. Now that can be interpreted in different ways, um, but I think we all have a general sense of what it means to be a star or not a star. Uh, the cl- yeah. the closest example of Um, not a star that I would go with of one I considered was Zoolander. Um, Will Ferrell is a big part of that movie, but I didn't quite consider him the star of that movie. That's a Ben Stiller movie, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of the idea. Now, the rule that I didn't give that I followed myself, and so Andrew, I don't expect you to follow this, but this just made it easier for me, is uh, I didn't pick any um, repeat alumni. Uh, Me too. So, okay, yeah, I think that just made sense. I just figured, you know, there's Yeah, I
1: would have had a whole bunch of Wes Anderson Bill Murray movies.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Uh so I yeah, so I only have in my honorable mentions in my list uh one per uh alumni uh that I that I like like my favorite of theirs. Uh so um cool. Oh, in my honorable
1: mention, I just I just went ham and I just listened oh, no. to a bunch of great movies, but my top 5 are all sticking to the uh the uh, one cast member primarily. All right.
2: Well, I'll let you list those out then uh, when we get to the honorable mentions uh, and just kind of go through them. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely only picked one per even in the honorable mentions. Um, just kind of do it that way. But let's start at number five. Andrew, why don't you kick us off and we'll go to number one. One
1: of the best comedic meta movies ever. Mike Myers, Wayne's World.
2: Good choice. Good choice. That is not the Mike uh, Myers I have at number five. But strangely enough, I do have Mike Myers at number five.
1: Does yours say, yeah, baby, a lot?
2: <laughs> yeah, babe. No, it doesn't, actually. Go ahead. Talk no. uh, talk a little bit about Wayne's World. That's a great choice.
1: Okay. Uh, also, a great movie with an amazing soundtrack. That's pretty much what the whole movie is about, is the you know mu- the music and how music impacts sure. Wayne and Garth's life. Yeah. You know? They meet Cassandra, and then they meet Benjamin Roblo's. Back in the nineties, Lowe was always a villain, but now, ever since he did uh, his character on Parks and Rec, uh, Chris Traeger—is that what his yeah, name was? Yeah, I think so. He's just the most positive, happy-go-lucky guy ever. It's a fun. It's a fun uh, way of seeing that character change.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting but, transformation.
1: Yeah. So you have Tia Carrera, who is gorgeous as playing Cassandra, falls in love with Mike Myers, and uh, they go on this crazy musical adventure, and they bring Garth Algar along for the ride. This was actually a an SNL skit. Wayne's World was a skit on SNL mm-hmm. uh, before it was even a movie. Uh, so... There's just so much good going on. The meta-ness in this movie. When was the last time you saw Wayne's World?
2: It's been a a while. It really has been a while.
1: Uh, I I try and watch it once, like, maybe once a year, but I don't think I've seen it in in a hot, hot minute. But I just remember so many of the great, you know, there's that scene where they're talking about how to get Wayne's World, the show within the movie, off the ground, That they need to get uh, sponsors, you know, like advertisements. So Mm -hmm. they just make meta, in a very meta fashion, they just start listing off all these giant, you know, brands like Reebok, Pizza Hut, Pepsi, uh, Mintol. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so great. I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess that's how you could uh, fund a movie. Just have in your movie your paid advertisement right there. Yeah. It's such a smart movie. It's such a smart movie.
2: I love it. No, it's a great choice. It's a great choice. Uh, Your number five? My number five is also Mike Myers. Uh, It is my favorite Mike Myers movie. And one of the more straightforward, and it's funny saying that about this movie because it's not all that straightforward, it's a pretty ridiculous comedy, but I love So I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, it's always Whoa. been one of, one of my favorite movies. And uh, yeah, it's in my top 100 movies of all time. Uh, I love it that much. Um, it, there's something about, he, he finds this balance of an actual movie plot and also still being kind of the winky winky Mike Myers um, that I really yeah. like. He's he's a little more laid back in this movie, a little less caricature and a little more human. And there's something really fun about that. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy this movie. Uh, it has a lot of my you know favorite moments, the beat poetry stuff, um, you know the uh, heed uh, pants now, the giant head, the you know cry yourself to sleep on your giant pillow all that stuff is is here uh him playing multiple roles in that scene by the way also playing the dad yeah, he
1: plays his uh, dad doesn't he
2: yeah yeah so yeah this is one uh that many people haven't seen and so i would obviously take the opportunity to to give it a, a little bit of a shout out so yep that's my number yeah. five
1: good one number four number
2: four
1: this is where my bill murray movie is going to be Okay. And, like I said, it is going to be Wes Anderson. It's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it's everybody else's least favorite Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> so that's fun how that works. I'm going to go with The Life Aquatic.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't like that movie at all, man.
1: Yeah, nobody does but me. I don't know <laughs> that's why. That's not true. I think there, there are plenty of people I, that like it. Really? I you got to introduce me to them, because I haven't met <laughs> any of them. I think Life Aquatic is so funny, because... It it works on so many levels. It works on the uh, the estranged you know father son role. You have the revenge element in this movie. It's insanely dry comedy, which I think in itself is very funny, considering the entire movie is on water. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, also a great David Bowie soundtrack in this. Uh, so much. Is going for this movie, and it has that really—I I don't know—a uh, staple. I guess you call it that. Wes Anderson's uh, stop-motion staple, where it, you know, like the instead of doing like huge giant CGI stuff like that, he'll he'll do uh, like claymation stop-motion for his. So every, all the like stuff under the water with the fish and stuff, it's all just you know that claymation stuff that I. I don't know why he chose it, but I'm glad he did because it gave us many more movies like that, like Isle of Dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I love love Life Aquatic.
2: Very nice. Uh, my Bill Murray movie is still to come. Uh, my number four. Okay. My number four is my uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, insert into the conversation. Um, I have sneakers at number four. Uh, this Ooh. is. One- this is one of those that was just on the line for me, and I feel like it's enough of an ensemble piece that that entire ensemble are the stars of the movie. Um, you could say it's a Robert Redford movie, but it, you know, it's it's really about that whole whole crew. Um, so this may be a little bit of a cheat, but anyhow, I love this movie and uh, wanted to bring it up once again. Uh, if you haven't seen Sneakers, uh, give it a give it a shot. Good call. What you got at number three?
1: I'm gonna go with. Uh, you have to you have to watch the English dubbed version of this movie (laughs) Um, it's Billy Crystal I'm gonna go with Howl's Moving Castle
2: ah interesting
1: Yeah. yeah if you don't watch the English dub then unfortunately I don't think I could be wrong I could be wrong but I don't think any of these Japanese voice actors were ever SNL cast members
2: yeah yeah.
1: But I do know that Billy Crystal was and Howl's Moving Castle. He plays uh, Calcifer in this. Uh, I th- think that he is, or this movie is just pure magic. I love this movie so much. There's so much greatness and wonder and mysticism going on in this movie. And you, you get to uh, go along with, uh, I'm trying to remember her name in this. Uh, uh, Sophie, who is played by Emily Mortimer, by the way, which is awesome. But you you get to be the uh, the the finder with her, and you get to explore this world with her. And then you have Christian Bale, you know, playing Howl, and he needs to do more voiceover work. He just has a voice for it, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But no, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Can't recommend it enough. Uh,
2: How's Moving so Castle? So that was my number. Oh yeah, go ahead. How's Moving Castle? Uh, with the other Miyazaki stuff, is on um, the HBO Max uh, app, right?
1: Oh, really? Like Spirited Away and stuff like that? Yeah, I think and they've got my my all that Totoro. stuff.
2: Yeah, I think they've got all oh. all, all that stuff. Um, um, I might so-
1: need to go back and rewatch all those then. If you want, so that was my number three. What is your number three?
2: Uh, by the way, uh, my Billy Crystal will be in the honorable mentions. Uh, my Billy okay. Crystal would have been my number one if Miracle Max had been a bigger part of uh, Princess Bride, but uh, but alas, he was not. Yeah, uh, my number three is Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I have Avengers at my number three. Um, I I always forget, first of all, that Robert Downey Jr. was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and yeah, who then... else forgot
1: that? His <laughs> name is Andrew.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was. But he was uh, for a season. Um, so, yeah. And there are many, obviously, of the Marvel movies I could put here. There are other Robert Downey Jr. movies that I could put here, too. But I think Avengers is technically uh, my favorite um, currently. So, the first uh, Avengers? The first Avengers. No, to me, that okay. will always stand out as the moment uh, where the impossible was achieved. And yeah. everything... I, there there are bigger moments later, more complex moments later in the series. But that was the one where it was like, uh, they, they did it, guys. They actually did it. And I, I'll yeah. just never forget watching that movie the first time. So I think that's it's, why it's my it's favorite.
1: That, it's that scene where the... Camera is pa- like you know sweeping and flying all through mm-hmm. New York, and yeah. it goes from Thor and Hulk, and then it goes to Iron Man and then Cap mm-hmm. and Hawkeye. Uh, yep. I would if if I would have thought about it, I would have put Infinity War, mm-hmm. Be, or not Infinity War, yeah, Endgame. Infinity War, yeah, Infinity War, no, no. yeah, the first one because I think for me, Infinity War is the best Marvel movie, followed by the first Avengers, then maybe Endgame. I don't know. Yeah. I have to think about it. But no, uh, I can't fault you for that, and I really wish I would have remembered Robert Downey Jr. was an SNL cast member. Yeah. What do you got at number two? Uh, This could be Chevy Chase or uh, Steve Martin. I'm going to go with Three Amigos.
2: I had that in my honorable mentions for Chevy Chase, yeah.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: This is one of the funniest movies of all time. It is a movie I... uh, Kids, this is going to sound weird, but back in the day, we had these things called VHS cassettes, and uh, you could only watch the movie a certain number of times before the movie or the cassette decided it didn't want to work anymore. It's <laughs> uh, so true. I, uh, I, I wore out a couple versions of Three Amigos. I could probably sit down and quote that entire movie from beginning to end. Yeah. I think I could do it. It's I, I love that movie so much. It's just so funny. I'll, obviously, you know, it's not a surprise to say that Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short are funny. But they are on a different level for me in this movie. Because the movie is... There's, there's some hidden, you know, adult humor in it, you know. Sure. But I think that this movie is accessible from... It's like Pixar. It it there's some hidden adult humor in there, but for the most part, this is just a, a universal from little kids all the way up. Everybody will find something absolutely hilarious in this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great choice, great choice. Definitely had it in my honorable mentions. Uh, my number two right. is where I get to my Bill Murray, and we've already talked about it quite a bit this episode. Uh, I have Groundhog yeah. Day at uh, number Good two. Call. Um, just such a great. It was movie. my first honorable mention. What's that?
1: It was my first honorable mention.
2: Yeah, it's it's such an incredible film, and I think just the fact that it was the first to crack the code on the whole time loop thing, in, in a way that was you know as commercially successful as it was, and it's so it's such a great performance. It's such a great uh, movie all around. I just I really did Groundhog Day.
1: I don't think I'm the god I think I'm a god
2: (laughs) yes I'm not June Squibb or anything but uh... yeah exactly (laughs) I think I'm a June Squibb I'm not the June Squibb I'm I'm a Squibb I'm not the Squibb (laughs) uh all right what Uh, do you got at your number one uh Will
1: Ferrell movie the Lego movie
2: uh it's a good choice it's a good choice yeah
1: he's he's not you know he's the main villain but even so, I could list like 15 other SNL cast members in that movie to make up for him not being really the main main. But I think mm-hmm. that he's technically the only person we see in this movie, too. Well, I guess the son, but he plays the dad, too. Mm-hmm. So we actually no, get to fair. see, yeah uh, the Lego movie. I've, I think I've said this if not last week than the week before. I think Lego movie is the funniest animated movie ever made.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you, you've you've talked very much about your love for the Lego Movie, and I don't begrudge you yeah. that love. I think it's a fabulous film, um, and does yeah. so many things right. In, in fact, it reminds me a little of Palm Springs in that um, not only is it very funny and very clever and interesting, and does something in a way that we hadn't seen it before. Uh, it's you know it excuse the pun throws you for a loop uh, with its. Uh, message and the metaphor and with what's yeah. going on you know you didn't realize that it was there it's deeper than you would have thought um so yeah it kind of it it elevates it in a way for me that uh that a lot of movies don't so yeah did it's a you great go choice.
1: whenever you first saw the lego movie did you go and see it with your boys or
2: i don't rem- remember i just don't remember
1: mm.
2: yeah it's been a while
1: okay so okay. i i think well, so Aaron, but i don't remember <clears throat> what do you got your number one
2: My number one is also an animated film. Uh, it is Amy Poehler in Inside Out. Uh, I have spoken many, many times about my love for this film. Uh, In many ways, it is my Lego movie. Uh, (laughs) What what Andrew is the Lego movie, I am to Inside Out. Uh, You know, I think that's honestly true. That is very true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, It means so much to me. It's so deep, so well thought out. Crazy that this movie even works as intricate as it is and as philosophical as it is. And yet somehow it still operates as a great... Family comedy. Um, it's uh, some beautiful, moving moments that you would expect from Pixar. Some clever sight gags, uh, like when the box of opinions and the box of facts spill next to each other. You know, there's just there's so much great stuff here, and it will it will forever be one of my favorites. So that's my number one uh, is Inside I, Out. Um, yeah,
1: there's I'll, I don't I don't shout out that movie enough. But I'm glad you did, because it is a true work of art, it is a masterpiece. Uh, from them going from the 3D world to the 2D world and just seeing that animation happen is fascinating. Uh, yeah. In that movie, uh, unsurprisingly, hits you in the feels. But because it's a Pixar movie, and that's what they do. Yeah. They like to punch you right in the throat with feels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you will feel you something feel, now. You can feel
1: No, you feel it in your throat, you know, they punch you there, and then your throat swells up, and you start to tear, and you're like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry, but you always do.
2: Unless you're me, and then I'm like, let the tears come!
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, I wish I was like that, I think I'm just, I was raised, don't cry, and I, I always cry, but I'm like I, I fight it every single time. I'm like, don't you, you, don't you, you
2: stay in there. That's funny. No, I'm such the yeah. opposite. I'm just like I feel it coming. I'm like, yeah, come to me, tears, come, bless my face with your wetness. So, oh man, yeah. your
1: yeah. your life seems so much easier in that aspect. Like yeah, you just get to accept it. Not me. I gotta punch myself a bunch. Stop it. Stop it, <laughs> man.
2: Men don't uh. cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they isn't do. true. They do. Yes, they do. Uh, go they ahead do and indeed. run me through your honorable mentions. If you mention one that I have, I'll let you know uh, that I have it. So
1: okay. Well, I'm going to take the Zoolander off the list because we talked about yep. it not being on the list. I'll take Groundhog's Day off, and I think that that'll get me to the rest of these pretty good. So starting from the bottom, working my way up, uh, Happy Gilmore.
2: Yep, that was my uh, Adam. Just- that was my Adam Sandler choice.
1: Yeah, it was between that and Billy Madison for me, which one I wanted to mention. But I think me that too. Happy, I think that Happy Gilmore more than Billy Madison uh, is just a, a more actual film. work of art. It's a yeah. more complete film, and it's an actually surprising. Where I think that you look at Billy Madison, and I'm saying that it's going to sound like I'm ragging on this movie, but I'm not. Billy Madison is just a great comedy. Yeah, Happy Gilmore is a great comedy and a great sports movie. It's a really good golf movie. It's a good golf movie. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, For, uh, let's go, The Nutty Professor. Okay. But, yeah, Eddie Murphy just has this ability, kind of like Mike Myers, to just play multiple roles in a movie. And you can get lost in the fact that you you you're, you could you begin to question, is that Bill Murray or not Bill Murray? Is that Eddie Murphy? Like whenever in the Nutty Professor, you know they're all sitting around, you know, and eating his mm-hmm. stuff. I, you start to question which one of these isn't Bill Murray? That eleven-year-old fat kid is that Bill Murray in makeup? I can't tell. You keep, um, you keep
2: saying Bill Murray, and I get it, but it, yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah,
1: oh, it's because it's because my next one is a Bill Murray movie, and I'm so sorry, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> but uh. Let's go with Ghostbusters as my next one. Mm-hmm. You got to you kind of have to mention it at this point, you know. Sure, um, sure. I'm honestly not as a fanboy of Ghostbusters as a lot of people are. A lot of people consider Ghostbusters to be like their favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I get it's it. It's a popular one. It has so much going for it. You know, it has that entire cast is just chock-full of SNL alumni. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Rick was Rick Moranis ever a uh, a cast member? SNL? On
2: SNL, I don't believe so. Uh, okay. I think he, he just was ran only in that circle. On, uh, SCTV.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, let's go with the long departed. Rest in peace. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tommy Boy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I had
2: I had that for my David Spade and Chris Farley choice.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know what else. Because uh, I think Black Sheep is just Tommy Boy too. You mm-hmm. know. Um, number seven. This is Spinal Tap, almost made my list. Speaking yep. of uh, the Reiners, we were talking about Daddy mm-hmm. Reiner earlier. This is Spinal Tap is just a treasure of a movie. Yeah. I love it so much. Yep, that was one of uh, my choices another, yeah, another one of my uh, Will Ferrell movies that would have made this list if I was doing multiple uh, of the same cast in one movie. I would have done Stranger Than Fiction for Will Ferrell.
2: Yep, that was my Will Ferrell choice.
1: Yeah. Uh uh, the movie that was so close, so close to making my top five is *Bridesmaids*.
2: Yeah, I, I had a different one for uh, Kristen Wiig.
1: Mm. Oh, was it the Skeleton Twins?
2: Yeah, for both Bill Hader yeah. and Kristen Wiig. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I get it. Uh, *Uncut Gems* is just—I, you know how much I love that movie. Did you, did you like that movie at all, or did you just—I
2: respect Meh. that movie.
1: Okay, I get that. Uh, it, it's a very acquired taste. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I had Anchorman, because it's it's so funny, and it's the perfect mm-hmm. Will Ferrell movie. Uh, f- uh, perfectly cast for him, I should say. Uh, and then my last one that I'll mention is also a... Pff, I just realized the, the spelling error I had in this, so that's what I laughed about. Uh, my last Eddie Murphy movie, according to what I wrote down, is Beverly Hills Coop not cop. Yeah.
2: Uh, nice. That that was yeah. my uh, choice for Eddie Murphy was Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Yeah. Not not Beverly Hills Coop.
2: No, that's that's uh that's like the Chicken Run version. Um yeah. so the Ardman <laughs> will eventually do uh yeah, Beverly Hills Coop.
1: Yep. Very nice. And then uh and then the uh, the theme song, the Axel Foley theme song is just bock 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 Bok Bok Bok.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, anything that you have I didn't mention? Yeah, uh, for Belushi, I went with Blues Brothers. Um, oh, yeah. W- for Will Forte, I went with MacGruber, uh, which I think <laughs> is really funny. <laughs> McGruber's underrated. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, for Andy Samberg, I went with Pop Star: Never Stop Never Stopping. A very funny movie. Uh, yes. Kyle Mooney, uh, Brigsby Bear. Is one that I'd, I'd like to bring up uh, because it's really good and a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, so, uh, Brigsby Bear is very good. My Billy Crystal was Monsters Inc., um, which shouldn't oh shouldn't yeah surprise. Uh, and then Tina Fey, I went with Date Night, which is uh, which is better than than I think a lot of people realize. Um, it's a pretty funny movie. Pretty funny movie. So yeah, not Game Night, Date Night. They're different.
1: You know what? That is so funny, but uh, I'll let you uh, continue on.
2: No, that was it. That was my. That was the last one I was gonna mention.
1: Okay, well you're gonna you're gonna realize why I think that's funny in a couple minutes. So go ahead.
2: <laughs> is that your buried treasure? It's time to move on to our buried treasure. Andrew, is yours game night? Actually, it is. <laughs>
1: I'm not even joking. It's game night. I I just bought it. I just bought it on uh the apple tv nice and i watched it like three times and uh i think that honestly it's after watching it several times i think it's going to go down as like one of the best comedies of the 2000 or 2010s i guess you would say that's so funny that you actually (laughs) mentioned it
2: well i'm just psychic that's all you know yeah all there is to it
1: yeah but we didn't uh before we move on we got to shout out those patrons don't we
2: No, we did it before uh, the Best Ever Challenge.
1: Oh, okay. I forget. I'm on this new medication, and my memory is something of a forgotten thing. Fair enough. Fair enough, uh, But yeah, uh, back to Game Night just real quick before I hand it back over to you. Uh, Yeah. um, I think that they make the best couple ever. I think that, honestly, they should get married in real life because they are that good. Uh, There's so much going on in this movie that you can't not love. Uh, for me though the 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 star of this movie besides you know the Jason Bateman Rachel McAdams, you know, just being perfect together right is I think that Jesse Plymens's character Gary is just genius absolutely genius that character yeah and everything at the end of this movie, like going on through the credits, you know mm-hmm. is just so funny like where he has a like uh, 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 uh that John Nash red string you know mm-hmm. like theory crafting on the wall yeah how he has one leading to a uh, frito-lay <laughs> just saying uh we have never had a three for one deal and it just says proof lies <laughs> 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 it's
2: so good
1: oh yes it is i love that movie i know i just shouted it out but i might go ahead and watch it again just because I love it so much.
2: No, it's it's great. It's, it's well worth mentioning as many times as we want to mention it. Uh, my Buried Treasure is a game, a mobile game, that uh, I haven't done a mobile game in a while. And generally when oh, no, I do haven't. them, it's uh, because I found a new, uh, quote-unquote, idle game, which are games that continue to play while uh, you're not looking at them. And it appeals to my sense of systems. It appeals to my sense of efficiency. You know, basically, in all of these games, you're trying to build up um, a uh, you know a, a bank of points or money or you know whatever the case may be, and uh, and then it'll throw some you know different loops at you. So it's fun for me to try to figure out which you know things to buy, all that kind of stuff. Well, this one is called Idle Dice, and it's basically the same concept except with rolling the dice. Uh, so. Basically, you start with one die and you roll it. And if you roll a five, you get five points. And then there are different, you know, things you can purchase with your points. You can purchase another dice. You can purchase up to five dice uh, eventually. And then you start getting bonus points as you go for like pairs and triplets and full houses and straights. And so there's a Yahtzee element to it as well. Um, anyhow, I find it really fun, and it's just one of those I can, you know, have on and. Just kind of mess around with and try to figure out the most efficient way to, to use my dice. So, uh, if you like me or a fan of idle games, uh, you might want to check out idle dice.
1: Yeah. I've thought about trying to make a dice or dice joke there, like a dad <laughs> joke, but you know yeah. what, Aaron? That's not how I roll.
2: Uh, very nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Well done, my friend. Yeah. Well done. You're converting uh, me. Uh the uh yeah it, it, this game was basically my nickname in uh, high school it was Idle Dice. Uh so uh yes. Uh it is it is it's not perfect. You can tell they've got some stuff to iron out in it, but uh I'm having a, a good time with it. So I thought I'd mention it. Well oh, good. We did it, man. Awesome. We did a yeah. podcast. Woo! Well done. It was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of us. We did good. Yeah. <laughs> high five, Aaron pandemic high five hand
1: sanitizer
2: that's right pandemic high five thank you so much for joining us today for part of sift pop it is part of the studio dna podcast network you can find out more about other shows on the network at StudioDNA.media or by searching for studio dna in your podcast player huge thanks to andrew for hanging out today thank you buddy huge thanks to phil phil thanks phil (laughs) sorry i went a little groundhog day there uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Sport starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every single bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. Check it out at patreon.com slash uh, Sif Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. All that stuff really helps people find us. Uh, you can also email us if you have a question or any kind of feedback at feedback at com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than threading a torpedo needle. Uh, we will be back next week with who knows what. But uh, there'll, there'll be something to talk about, right, Andrew? Oh, yeah. We'll see you then.
1: As, as our friend Randy Savage would say... Oh,
2: yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do Randy Savage impersonations for the whole show. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye.